Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 467. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we are going to talk about fund category performance through September 30th. So all the way through the third quarter of this year, what funds have been performing best? And these are by category. So when you're doing your asset allocation, as I always say, you wanna have some large caps, mid caps or medium sized companies, small caps or smaller companies, international, merging markets, maybe some real estate, a little bit of short-term bonds. And what we're gonna talk about today are US diversified stock categories of asset classes, as well as the best performing categories in overseas stocks as well. And the idea here is not that you run out and chase this category if it's the best, but the idea is really to see where the performance is, make sure you're participating in that because you have some money in that asset class perhaps, make sure you're well diversified because the one mistake that I see a lot of people make is to put all their money in the S&P 500, the 500 largest companies in the US. Not only are you missing out on international diversification, but you're also missing out on some of the smaller companies that might be performing better. You're missing out on maybe some sector funds, it's kind of like a bingo card when you're playing blackout and you wanna have all the squares on the card covered. It's the same kind of thing with asset allocation. You wanna have some money in these different asset classes and that way you're participating wherever the performance is because it's nearly impossible to predict where the best performance is going to be. So you just have to own them all and that's why you wanna be well diversified and own different asset classes so that no matter what asset class is performing best, you have some money in that and you're participating in that performance and benefiting from that. So without further ado, let's talk about where the good performance has been through this year. So year to date, the best performing asset class has been small cap growth or small companies that are fast growers. And year to date, they're up 20.87%. The second best performing asset class is large cap growth. That would be your large companies that have more of a growth bent, more like technology, healthcare, financial services, and year to date, they are up 17.38%. The third best performing asset class is called multi-cap growth, and that includes some small, medium, and large cap in it, but again, has a growth bent to it. They're up 15.87% year to date. And then mid-cap growth or medium-sized growth companies, they're up 14.95% year-to-date. And then the S&P 500 index is up 10.2% year-to-date. Those are all of the asset classes that are up over 10% year-to-date. Everything else is below that, including large-cap core, small-cap core, multi-cap core, and they go on from there. And that compares to the overall 
metric that they're measuring this with is U.S. diversified equity funds, which year to date are up 8.81%. So if you're doing better than that, you're outperforming the index. If you're at 8.8%, you're meeting the index. And if you're below that, then you're underperforming the index. As you know, it's been harder and harder for mutual funds to outperform indexes. And that's why ETFs have become so popular because they are literally the index. And so you're owning the basket that things are measured against. And so instead of underperforming or overperforming, you're just right at the measuring stick. And when you do that, you can minimize the fees that you're paying because you're owning the literal index, which means that a lot of money can flow into that. It's not actively managed, it's passive. It just stays the same configuration and the same companies stay in it. Whereas when you hire an active manager, they're buying and selling different companies in there, the portfolio is changing, and you're paying higher fees for that. Presumably, you're paying higher fees because you're going to get higher performance. But unfortunately, over the last several years, active managers have not outperformed the indexes. All right, let's look at the overseas stock categories. Year to date, they're all negative except the Japanese market, which is year to date up 0.38%, so less than half a percent. The next best performing region is the European region down 2.29%. Then the Pacific region down 4.09%. Then Pacific without Japan, which is down 8.1%. Then the China region down 8.53%. Emerging markets down 9.58. Latin America down 11.82. And India region down 17.02. And that compares to the world equity index that they're using, which is down 2.65. So you can see the overseas markets are having a very difficult time. There's a lot of different reason for that. Some of that are debt issues that they're having. Some of that is because of currency issues they're having. Some of that is because the dollar has been very strong. Some of that is because these tariffs that are happening, the trade agreements that are changing. A lot of money is wanting to flow into the U.S. because the gross domestic product is growing at a 3.5% rate. And for a very stable, developed stock market, that is an excellent GDP. So a lot of money is flowing into the U.S. market and out of these overseas markets. Hence, the overseas markets have really taken a beating year to date. And we'll see if they tend to come back, but it's been a rough patch for them. I will post this chart. By the way, this is from Investors Business Daily, who sourced the numbers from Lipper. And so I will post this in the show notes and on my website. I will post the photo of the chart so you can see the whole thing. And uh, on this chart, it not only has year to date, it also has one month, three quarter performance, one year performance, three-year average, five-year average, and 10-year average. So if you want to look at some longer-term numbers, this chart does have a lot more information than what I just shared with you. If you haven't yet subscribed to Be Wealthy and Smart, please hit the subscribe button and you'll be updated three times a week when new podcasts are available. And I'd love to have a review of the podcast from you. If you haven't reviewed the show, please head on over to the reviews and leave a review for Be Wealthy and Smart. 
My new book came out a couple of weeks ago. If you haven't yet picked it up, it's called You're Already a Wealth Heiress, Now Think and Act Like One, Six Practical Steps to Make It a Reality Now. And the men are loving it as well as the women. You can find that at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and any bookstore. And if you haven't yet connected with me on Instagram, head on over to my Instagram page at instagram.com forward slash Linda P. Jones for wealth tips twice a day. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.